Hi, I am Kyle. And I'm Jeremy. And we are the Social Ninjas. Hiya! Jeremy and I both struggled with social anxiety and mental health overall. Now we both work to improve our own mental health and the mental health of others by sharing what we did to help our social anxiety and what we learn and continue to do to improve upon our own mental health. What we share is what we learn from our own experiences. We are not mental health professionals and what we say should not be used in place of or replacement of medication or your doctor. Enjoy, Enjoy the, the show. show. All right. So we are the Sorry, social ninjas. There we go. Today's podcast is themed. Go ahead, Kyle. It's themed dating. At least that's what we're going to be talking about. Sounds beautiful. All right. So let's recap. I'll, I'll start since, well, I got on here late. So, I said I was going to do the rejection challenge, and I did it, and I actually posted the video on Instagram of me actually doing the entire challenge, so I'll put a a link to that in the notes so you can watch that if you haven't seen it, but um, yeah, it was was pretty fun. Like I said, if you haven't seen it yet, I actually went to a coffee shop. I put the camera in the little uh, pocket of my uh, my button-up shirt, and uh, they didn't realize I was filming, and then I went in there, asked if I could have a discount, and he actually gave it to me for free and was quite impressed <laughs> that I would even ask. He pretty much gave it to me for free on the basis of that was pretty gutsy of me. So, yeah, that was uh, pretty cool. I think I have more anxiety about him seeing the camera in my pocket and him catching that I was recording than me actually asking for the discount. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that, that was pretty cool. It was pretty fun. So, yeah, definitely go check that video out. Um, let's see. I mean, besides that, it's just been kind of rolling. Now, since we are talking about dating, I know, Jeremy, you went on a date last week. How did it go? Oh, I was actually, it was actually a men's group. <laughs> All right. That doesn't sound like a date, Jeremy. I know. It wasn't. <laughs> uh, I built the whole podcast around it. <laughs> I know. Uh, (laughs) hold on there was like a coffee day went on last week we'll talk about that right that's probably what i'm talking about no i mean this is like during the day though so it didn't get in the way of the podcast oh good good (laughs) (laughs) um it didn't go the best It was a coffee date, and we just grabbed some coffee, went to Venice, did a little bit of a beach walk, and it felt like an interview. And I definitely felt the anxiety, (laughs) as people feel from dating, because it's like, you're trying to impress that person. 
they're trying to impress you, hopefully. And then there's always the dynamic of which part of myself do I show them, right? Yeah. Yep. How serious am I? Should I be? Should I be show my humorous side? How much should I share with them? Am I am I looking good right now? There's, there's so many things, and then there's also the dynamic of the stress from you have a you have a bunch of options, and are you ever actually present with that person? How many people are they comparing you to? Do they have an expectation of you that's unfair and unrealistic? Yeah, the first date is always the fakest. <laughs> it totally and is. You don't, you don't really know the person the first date, for sure. Uh, yeah. whether, whether you feel it or not, I mean, at least in my experience, it's like, uh, I, w- I don't think I was ever like my actual true self on the first date. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're always striving to be like that perfect person that's unrealistic and not believable. But, you know, you try to put it on for the other person. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. There's always like a dynamic of uh, something I've, I've always wanted to do a post, but I, I made a post uh, or I made a video I was going to post about positive judgments. I think it just, it rings true for dating so much. It's this dynamic of, we all talk about our negative judgments of people, but we never really talk about our positive judgments of people. It's this dynamic of, and it rings true with dating, of you think someone is so amazing and their sky is so great, love this person as a friend, oh, I love this person on a date, but they're just faking their way through their relationship with you. So you think, you know, you two are, you think this person's great, and it turns out they're just showing a specific side of them, or they're just putting on a front. So, even though you think they're amazing, it's a positive judgment. So, there's also other dynamic of, if for the reason I bring it up, because in dating, I feel like some people are just so real and vulnerable and telling you exactly what they're on, what's on their mind, and you may judge them as not as much of a fit as a person who's being completely fake and just telling you what you want to hear. So you have a positive judgment of this person who's not being real with you. And in in actuality, long-term, it's possible that that person that is being completely real with you is actually better for you long-term. Yeah. And, and probably is they're willing to be real with you. I mean, that's, yeah. That makes a whole lot of sense. Honestly, I don't think I've ever heard of positive judgment before because usually when we think of judgment, we think of kind of, you know, negative, negative. stuff. Yeah, Completely. That makes a lot of sense. So anything else? I know you did some hug stuff at the baseball game. <laughs> this is, let's, let's, let's just get me sad and upset. Let's do that, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> let's just go all out <laughs> we just get that side just get no, it to it's, it's prevalent i think it hopefully inspires some change so i did the free hugs for a week and then i was super inspired to take this to the next level i had a great idea of doing free hugs in front of dodger stadium a friend of mine is a fantastic professional photographer 
well, he's an acquaintance now, friend. I never really hung out with him before this. And I was like, I have an idea. This guy loves doing photography for the Dodgers. So he's done it. He's, he's been in their dugout and he's done some amazing work. And I had the idea of, hey, could you, do you want to do some, do you want to film me doing free hugs in front of Dodgers Stadium? We can get some footage out of it. And also, you can film me trying to start a wave inside the stadium. He jumped at that opportunity. I bought tickets. We went to Union Station. He got me, he got footage of me giving some free hugs in front of Union Station in Los Angeles, California. We took the shuttle over to Dodger Stadium. I did some free hugs. Everything was great and all until security, the police all gathered around me and treated me like a criminal. What are you doing giving away free hugs, man? Get out of here. I know. I'm giving free hugs. How dare I? I'm a criminal. (laughs) I kind of thought that's how the story was going to (laughs) end. They went so did you, did you get to go inside the game? They, I never got in. They told me, they said, hey, you know, you can't bring the sign. I said, I totally understand. I won't bring the sign in. And they're like, all right, well, also, you can't come into the game. I was like, wait, what? I'm just spreading some love. I even offered the guy a hug. He did not find that funny. <laughs> <laughs> they, oh, they put me in the back of a police car. What? Es- escorted me off the property. The police officer even turned on his siren as I'm in the back and cut off a, a bus to get me on a bus back to Union Station to get me out of there because I was just no no love spreading allowed up in there. So it's just it's interesting. We talk about social anxiety. It's, it's, the dynamic of most of this fear we have of other people is just made up nonsense. I think this is such a big. Um, it's such a good parallel. Like all I was doing logistically on a real level was trying to spread some you know, positive energy, spread some kindness. That's it. Nothing beyond that. However, they treated me like I was a criminal, and it's just it's just tells it kind of reinforces the the, the fake story that was created off of fear. So I thought it was really interesting. I was sad that I went through that, but. For me, I mean, I can frame it and be a victim and think, poor me. Or I can use it as a... I can frame it as if it was just another challenge I, I can get over, which is something I want to do. And also, yeah. it also, if I play victim and I think about, oh, poor me, and that was such a failed experience, then I am kind of discounting all the amazing hugs I got before they treated me like a criminal. Yeah, well, at least you got some, man. I'm surprised they didn't just give you a warning. Say, hey, can you just leave? I'm surprised that they actually <laughs> went that far. Like, this seems <laughs> really excessive. Jeez. I, was, I was surrounded, Kyle. <laughs> oh, sorry, I know it's not funny, but it is. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Kyle? <laughs> not laughing at you. I'm just, I don't know, I'm just <laughs> laughing at a bunch of cops. Surround the guy. So many. <laughs> I played it really well, though. I I feel like, in my in my opinion, most people will get upset. Like, how dare you treat me like this? I'm just giving free hugs. But I just responded to the police officer saying, 
they don't want me inside there. That makes me so sad. It came from a place of sadness, so he put so he put his shield down. Ended up, ended up working. He did put his shield down. He's like, oh, let me talk to the supervisor. And then, I mean, to be fair, my friend did have a, a camera lens. That I guess they don't allow into the stadium, and my friend didn't want to you know, risk it to have that checked. But just the way yeah. in which they treated us was just pretty unfair. Yeah, life is not fair. All right, so you want to get into the meat of it? Let's do it. Okay, so, um, yeah, my I was inspired to do this dating thing, not just because you went on a date, <laughs> because I saw that there was some, uh, a couple studies done over the past week or so, <clears throat> um, kind of linking dating apps and social anxiety. So what they said, kind of the overall thing of it was that dating apps can make it easier for those with social anxiety because it helps them to make that initial contact from from afar instead of, uh, you know, doing it in person. But they also said, you know, the downfall in that it can actually make your social anxiety worse because if you're not, you know, if you're not getting matches or if you're setting up dates and getting ghosted, you know, it can kind of make your head kind of go wild with, with you know, racing negative thoughts about yourself and uh, cause feelings of rejection, which talked about last week. Mm. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I actually never used any dating apps because I remember hearing about Tinder, like right when me and Paulina first started dating, which we're now married now, so you need know, to get on a dating app. Yeah, all worked out. Uh, have you ever used any dating apps, Jeremy? I have, yes. Did you meet that last girl on the dating app? I did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your experience with dating apps? So, like, is it, do you like it because you can get that initial first contact without just like having to, uh, uh, just go to a, a bar or whatever and like just walking up to somebody you have no idea about anything about I mean, it, it is, seems like it would be a, a little bit easier at least yeah well there's pros and cons for one it, the most part you at least know that they're single sometimes <laughs> they could be in a relationship and just being really <laughs> terrible people <laughs> just a really terrible person or not terrible person just acting in a way that's not in integrity <laughs> there's pros and cons right there is a dynamic of i've kind of touched on the topic of it's uh you think there's it's so easy to get a phone number i guess for me it's so easy to you know connect with someone to get them to get a match it's really easy so so what ends up happening is what I've noticed is that people tend to not be fully present for any of the dates because they're always thinking about, Oh, but these five other possibilities. Ooh, I never thought about that. Yeah. So yes, you feel you're more connected, but then at the same time you're less connected because you're actually never actually, you're never completely present for that person. 
So it's a snap judgment. It's this, even, if the, even if you do, here's the thing. In my experience, even if you do, you act in a way that's perfect on that date, it still cannot be good enough for you because they have an expectation of you that's unfair. So it's interesting. What I've kind of been doing lately is just becoming friends with everyone first. And that, is, that has been a great experience because I feel like with like the dating expectation, a person, the people are going to only show a certain amount of themselves because they want to impress you. So they're never, and they're never being authentic. And it puts this crazy amount of pressure. So doing the whole dynamic of, you know, we're friends and maybe so maybe we'll be more than friends, but I doubt it. Just having that pressure relieved allows both parties to be completely themselves because they're not trying to impress you because you guys are friends, right? That has worked right. for me. But I guess it depends. It depends on what you're looking for. So it'd be really define and think about what you want. And then, I, I mean, I can... I would love to do an episode where you get into like a workshop because I've helped, I've done some dating coaching in the past and I've actually helped my friends re- write their inner, in their profile from the ground up where I took pictures of them, where we kind of did a, we did a Q and a, asked them questions about themselves and I got into like, who are they as human beings and how can they show that on their profile? Not just, put a profile up that makes them look good, but makes them look authentically who they are. So there's so many dynamics to it. And I can get into the deep, we can get into the details. Someone, you can message me. I can help you out. Um, as far as the order of the pictures you do and kind of do a, perhaps I can coach you into creating a better profile and get, get, get you more in the mindset of your, um, your mindset in dating. And the idea of just being authentic, but be um, confidently authentic. And if it, if it doesn't work out with a girl and she ghosts you, I would look at it as a gift, right? Because now you have more space for that girl who actually does like who you are. Yeah, reframing the thought. I definitely find it where it doesn't go, where people are just acting the way they think the other person wants them to be. And just because they want that connection, they don't want to be burned. But all that ends up doing is in the long the long run, what happens, you end up being yourself long term. And you're miserable you're in a relationship where you're miserable because you act in a way that wasn't who you are to get the initial attraction. And now you're stuck in that relationship because you invested all that time. So how do you become friends with them first? How do, do you... Are you just messaging them a while through the app, or are you get their phone number and you're texting them for a while first before you guys meet up, or how do you exactly do that? Just be honest, be completely honest, just and be authentic with it. Actually, have that be your mission. Like, I'll say, hey, um, is it okay if we're just friends to start and going from there? And if they say no, then fine. Next, you know. Most, most of the, but most of the girls I talk to about that are completely down with it, and it's very refreshing. It takes all that pressure away from both parties. And the best relationships, yeah. the best relationships, 
start as friends, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's how me and Paulina started out. I think that's the only <laughs> uh, relationship that's ever started out like that. We were just friends, just kind of hanging out for for a while, actually, because we both worked at uh, both worked at Pizza Hut, uh, delivering pizzas. You know, so we would just uh, chill and hang out after work and watch George Lopez until <laughs> like six in the morning. Then uh, I'll just go back to my house and go to sleep. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah, I definitely agree with that. Cause like I said, that's that's exactly how me and Paulina started out. So we were just friends. I mean, it wasn't uh, dating there. I mean, there was no pressure because that's kind of how we viewed it. Yep. So. See, proven right there. <laughs> and I have, a, I have a friend who has a wife with two kids, and they started as friends where my friend would actually give her advice on her dates. And they ended up becoming married and having two kids happily married. So the starting as friends thing is pretty powerful in a good way. Also, this is, I feel like there's this dynamic of putting all this energy into someone and feeling like you like the idea of a certain, of a person you kind of, fragment who they are in your mind and then you meet them and they're completely different and then you invest all this time and energy and then you meet them and they ghost you so you put all that investment and all of a sudden nothing came out of it right however if you start if you start as friends you meet up and then perhaps you get together on a romantic level later on right or if you become friends and you don't feel it romantically you invested in a new friendship and I mean, you never know that, that friend can be like, hey, listen, you're not for me. However, I have a friend who I think you'd be perfect with. So you didn't burn that bridge and you didn't use all you didn't invest all that time and energy for nothing because you got a friend and that friend actually hooks you up with their friend. I see, yeah. I see it time and time again where guys will go ahead and be interested in the girl and then it won't work out. The girl will ghost them or or, uh, or burn them, and the guy gets angry. And then now that person, now that guy looks bad. And now, like maybe there's a potential friend of theirs that they could have they could have got together with, and because they were angry at that girl, that girl spreads that information that you were mean to her, and now you just burned a bunch of bridges. Yeah. That's interesting. So I'm kind of contemplating and maybe now that you've talked a little bit more about the dating apps, I don't know. So do you think people with people who are struggling with social anxiety, do you think they should use dating apps if they're trying to get in the dating market or should they go the over live away is is, the, is one really better than the other i mean i know you use dating apps but what do you think i think i mean do both right i think in our it's easier to meet someone on a dating app because you can kind of get a get a picture of who that person is before you meet up with them so you're not wasting time Another thing I would highly, highly recommend is 
having a phone conversation or FaceTime with a person before you meet them because it builds comfort. Mm-hmm. You practice, you, you uh, work out that part of your brain, your that social muscle. And also most guys will not have, a, and girls will not have a phone chat with the, with the person. Some do, but most don't. So going for a phone chat, I mean, it's all about how do you stick out, right? And most guys just go through text, text, and let's meet up right away. And if you go for a phone chat and you show your personality, even if they don't like you, you're, you're working out your social, that social muscle. So that'd be a, a great phone conversation with them, like a quick one. Not a long one, just, hey, you're down to have a really quick phone conversation. Be different. Talk about it. Do you want to be different and have a really quick phone chat? I only can talk for a second. Set a time constraint so you don't overdo it. I only talk for about five minutes. Have that phone conversation and then get off after five minutes. And, yeah, maybe we can hang out sometime. Just kind of feel it out. So you don't go on an, an entire date where you're miserable because you didn't really feel it out. Yeah, that's a really good idea. And it kind of shows that, you know, you're kind of serious. You're not just trying to, you know, just have a fling or something. You're really, you know, trying to get to know someone and, you know, have a relationship. So, yeah, I like that idea. That's pretty cool. I think also just be honest about what you're looking for is huge. And tell them and then ask them what you're looking for. And then I have a, a bunch of, if anyone's interested, I have a bunch of questions that were that were proven scientifically proven to build love and attraction. That was in a New York Times um, New York Times article, and it's pretty amazing. I can go ahead and send it to you if you're interested about the really good questions to ask on a first date to build that comfort and rapport. Are you looking at them right now? I could be. <laughs> I was just well, I was gonna ask you to read a couple of them. I was curious. <laughs> I can totally do that. You ready? Sure. So, yeah, this is done off of a lot of research, and that's why I, th- I think that's pretty amazing. Um, there's three levels of vulnerability, and it gets more vulnerable with each level obviously it's the 36 questions that lead to love <sighs> pulling it up right now um it's called it's off of a uh, mandy lynn catron's modern love essay to fall in love with anyone do this and it refers to this study that was done um and i'm pulling it up i clicked the wrong thing one second <laughs> It is loading. So, as I said, there's three sets. And the first one, one second, I'm getting all these messages. Set one. All right, you ready? The first one is, given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Number two. Would you like to be famous in what way? Number the third one is before making a phone call. Do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? Why? 
Number four, I love this one. It is, what would constitute a perfect day for you? I love this one so much because, one, it, it puts them in a positive state. Also, it kind of, you learn so much about them, knowing what they really like to do and enjoy and what they're passionate about. So it's a win-win-win. I love this question a lot. Yeah, I like that one too. Number five, when did you last sing to yourself? When did you last sing to someone else? Number nine, for what in your life do you feel most grateful? This is a beautiful one because as a, the same thing, I guess you're in a positive state. And this, the, the simple studies show just a simple ask, act of looking for the thing you're grateful for it makes the, the difference just in looking for something you're grateful for. And then on top of that, it shows their person's values. Number 10, yeah. number 10, if you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? So this is dynamic of being vulnerable and vulnerability is one of the better ways to um, better ways to build builds comfort and bond bonding and connection. Yeah, I mean, just with the ones you've listed so far, I mean, you're really going to get to know someone mm-hmm. I mean, pretty decently well off five questions that you've read off. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to it gets to set two. And it says more vulnerability. Um, if a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself or your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? Ooh. And then the four, number 14, is there something you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it? And then number 15, I really like a lot. What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? Mm. What do you think about that one? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Number 16. I'm trying to think about what his answers would be for all these. (laughs) (laughs) Number 16. What do you value most in a friendship? This is, again, it talks about values and in my experience when two people have similar values that's when it lasts long term it's like these are the questions that people are too scared to ask early on and then once they decide to start you know understand these dynamics it's they've invested two years of their life and then seven, yeah. 17 what is your most treasured memory Number eighteen. I'm. I was. I'm definitely be nervous to ask. <laughs> but what is your most terrible memory? Oof, that's a gamble. Yeah, I'd say a lot of people wouldn't be willing to share that with you. Mm-hmm. Not with you personally. <laughs> <laughs> and then it gets to. I'm gonna skip a bunch because time reasons. And if you can always ask me, and I will happily send this article to you. Set three. When did you last cry in front of another person? When did you last cry in front of your, or when did you last cry by yourself? And then another one more. Share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. 
And then this is after you've been hanging out with them for a little bit, you say, tell your partner what you like about them. Be very honest this time, saying things that you might not say to someone you've just met. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah, send me that. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I think those are definitely some good questions. And I don't know if you can just whip that out in the middle of the day, but maybe you can at least kind of remember a few of them to be able to ask. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good stuff. Should we do one more? Yeah, do one more. All right. If you had one year to live, what would you do? travel yeah i don't know what to think more on that sounds like you do know <laughs> kyle you have one year to live you're in perfect health but you just die peacefully in your sleep a year from now what would you do in that well, year traveling would definitely be part of it but there's probably more to it i just can't think of what the more would be hmm. i think it's a few, that's that question is challenging but also powerful I feel like people live their lives like they're going to lap back, they're going to live forever. So it stops them from really going for it. Ooh. I guess I need to go traveling. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy talks to strangers and social anxiety, Kyle. Traveling the world, kids and a wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that would definitely be interesting <laughs> I just bought a new camera but I have a mic we, we were vlogging on it how crazy would that be that would be cool I know Paul and be sketched about taking the kids and the other countries we've talked about before but I'd make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Molly's never been outside of the country. She's never been outside Whoa. of the United States. Which I barely have. I mean, I've been to Canada and Mexico. So, the yeah, same continent, but never really anything else like that. Okay. Um, oh yeah, one more other thing about this uh, sur- not survey study. Uh, on the apps and you tell me if you agree with this and because I do even though I've never used it but at least I think it would be true so would you say that dating apps can be addictive says that you know some people can with social anxiety can find themselves kind of addicted to the app and kind of just rolling through it have you ever experienced anything like that or can you see how that may be so absolutely I think that, well, studies show that notifications and text message release a certain amount of dopamine. So when you get that message, you get that match, it definitely releases some dopamine. So, oh, yeah, especially for the matches, I think. 
I feel like it, it's like, oh yeah, match. Got a <laughs> match. Dopamine. Oh. <laughs> Definitely addicting. I think it's good. It's a, it's very healthy to just delete or go on for a bit, make some connections, and just delete all of them for a bit, just to kind of either see, just to reset your addiction. And also to give the, you know, type of energy it takes for the people that you're actually thinking about spending more time with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just not allowing notifications for a lot of apps, at least the ones that you absolutely don't need them. I uh, highly recommend everyone turn off their Instagram notifications. <laughs> so I know that's helped me so much. I think I've said that before, but, and Instagram just wants you to be a dick. I think, oh yeah, I heard uh, yesterday that the average person checks their Instagram 150 times a day. Oh, I, I saw like, that oh, post. Uh, yeah, it probably was a post. It was probably on one of my 150 checks yesterday, uh, seeing that. <laughs> I love that irony. <laughs> but I, mean, I know I don't check it that much. I do check it more than I should. Though. Sometimes I check, I find myself checking it out of habit instead of out of a need to, out of a need to like post or whatever. I'm just checking it for no reason at this, all. And I'm like, ah. Wasn't, it, wasn't this the post where he, what was it, where... You, you sent it to me, right? Where he talks about, oh, you sent that to me. <laughs> Where they say, don't, uh, don't go on Instagram and the first hour of being awake and the last hour of being awake. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he's talking about being on your phone in general. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that's where I heard the Instagram thing as well. Beautiful. Yeah, it talks about like how um, we. Like the the ideal situation is you use social media and your phone as a tool, but if you're consistently checking your phone and Instagram, your phone is using you as a tool. Yeah, yeah, that's powerful right there. Okay, so I'd be down to I'm gonna do a, a questions on my Instagram about dating questions and then we can answer some dating questions if you're open to that oh yeah let's do that yeah let's collect some dating questions let's collect some dating questions and i think we're kind of getting towards that part of our podcast where we're starting to vet some possible future guests yeah yeah let's definitely have some guests on um, maybe next, maybe next podcast we'll do a guest if that's enough oh. time. Oh, oh. <laughs> don't be so excited, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Love uh, it. All right. So before we get into the Q and A, uh, I, I meant to share this this story earlier, but I I forgot. And anyways, it just popped in my head. It just made me think of this, that maybe this wouldn't have happened had I used a dating app back in the day. So um, in high school, I can't, I can't remember how old it was, but uh, 
had a friend and he kind of hooked me as like him and his girlfriend were going to this baseball game at this high school and that her friend was bringing a friend that was going to kind of be like my blind date, so to speak. Um, so yeah, that was kind of a nerve wracking experience. So <laughs> oh, man, this is terrible. It was going to make me sound like a terrible person and uh, not going to blame it on my social anxiety or anything. But anyways, I'll just tell a story. <laughs> so I was kind of like talking to this girl. It's really going nowhere. I don't have any social skills at all at this point. So I actually, oh man, I, I hate telling the story. Okay. So I actually <laughs> faked having a call and I just dipped and left. And I feel, I felt so terrible about it. I still feel terrible about it, that I did that. And like, just, I just, I just had so much anxiety in that moment and like, not knowing who the person's be like I I couldn't think of another option but to do that it was do that or nothing so that was a <laughs> uh, yeah like I said don't want to blame it on my social anxiety because I shouldn't have done that even though <laughs> it was you know it was definitely that I was having but uh, I, I think that's one good reason to use an app like well, I can't name any, but oh, Tinder or whatever. <laughs> uh, it's, so you can kind of get a feel and at least get, get to know the person or at least know the profile or kind of, I don't know exactly how it works, but at least have a little familiarity familiarity to it before actually going on that date. Because blind dates suck, and I promise you that was the last one I went on to. And if uh, you're the girl that I, I did that to, I am extremely sorry. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, I felt like I should be vulnerable since you shared your uh, uh, bad dating experience this past week. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Q and A. You have any cues? I don't. I, I didn't do one this week. All right, so I only have two. These people just randomly DM'd me. I didn't do anything on my story or anything. Oh, he's uh, so much more popular than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why I was saying it. <laughs> okay. All right, so the first one. Are negative racing thoughts a part of anxiety? Absolutely. Yes. Quick and easy one. Yep, you're not the only one with uh, <laughs> negative racing thoughts for sure. It's definitely a part of it. Even people who don't have negative racing thoughts. It's uh, it's your brain trying to keep you, as we said in the past, it's your brain trying to keep you safe. It has a positive intention. However, not however, but also I have an amazing tip that I learned from a a really amazing executive coach I talked to this past week. And that is, if you're having you're in a fantastic mood, life's amazing, nothing can stop you, then all of a sudden, there's this tempting thought that just sneaks into your consciousness and it's something that you're not happy about and it's a story that's untrue and just and then you grab on to that negative thought and then you get deeper and deeper down the consciousness of 
fear and your mood just goes from anything's possible to just excruciating, can't move, can't think, don't want to do anything mood. This tip is a perfect thing to, to cut that out. Say you're in a fantastic mood and you find your brain about to take that turn for the worse. This sounds ridiculous, but I tried it. <laughs> and it is saying just a random word out loud. So I went from complete fear. I went from a fantastic mood, about to do something really fantastically powerful. And then all of a sudden I felt that negative thought. And I was about to go down that route, that road. And I just went, banana! <laughs> <laughs> I, it sounds ridiculous, but it works. Just, and then say banana or whatever like word out loud mango bird say whatever you got to say out loud to disrupt that stream that negative stream of consciousness and it actually works because that's most of this that stuff is just old story or something that's not going to serve you in that moment (laughs) oh i can't wait to try that (laughs) it's it really does work like it really does work. I thought it sounded ridiculous. But uh, the person I was talking to held the space for me to try it, and it actually works. I've done it a few times since. <laughs> it's so cool. I was, today, I was getting my haircut. <laughs> the ladies gave me a haircut. We're talking about like what we want to do in our future and this, this, and that. And all of a sudden, I felt myself going into a negative stream of thoughts, and I just went, banana! <laughs> today and she's like what nothing (laughs) oh jeez that's funny yeah I'm definitely going to play that okay cool okay next question what should I do if I don't like my own appearance and start hating myself how do I increase confidence in myself I guess, towards your own appearance. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, and and they also mentioned that people were, uh, I I guess, making fun of his or her appearance or something like that. I kind of had to paraphrase this question because it was written in like a paragraph. But yeah, that that was kind of the basis of it. so yeah, I think it was kind of two things. Is one, yeah, we can't can't control what other people think. I mean, there's always going to be people who think you're stupid or think you're ugly. There's going to be people who think you're awesome and uh, think you're a beautiful person. I mean, it's just it's how it is. Is you're not going to get the same reaction from everyone. It's you cannot control what other people thing so letting go of that is definitely beneficial and it can be hard to do but it's what we have to do is letting go that we need to control or that we even have the ability to control how people think about us because when mm. we try to control that stuff it's when, that's when the negative thoughts really start racing because we're really trying to control something that we can't mm. and the second thing is, is uh, yeah, I think we've talked about this before. We have to accept ourselves and embrace our flaws. So, mm. I mean, if 
like I've said before, I hated, I hated how white, I, how pale I was. I hated that everyone was tanner now. I hated being the most pale person. I hated having blonde hair. And I just couldn't stand that stuff about myself. And until I, ex- until I actually accepted myself who I was, my you know, physical appearance, and actually embraced my laws and started telling myself, you know, I love my pale skin. I, like, I love the way I look. I love my hair. I love my blonde hair. And that's when I started to feel good about it. And that's when I stopped caring about what other people might think about my my physical appearance. And I started to realize, like, okay, this doesn't matter. I'm stressing my, myself uh, out about something that I, I cannot control. We cannot control what people think about us. And I know that's kind of like a kind of an answer to some people because I know that can be hard to stop caring what people think about us and maybe you have a tip or two you can throw in here Jeremy on how to best do that but yeah I'd say that's kind of the two pieces of advice I would I would tell this person that was beautiful definitely yeah so I would start definitely with what you said of the quote other people's opinions are none of your business. The other people's opinions of you are none of your business, right? Right. When I was growing up, I was a, a goofy person. I'd make jokes in class and make some people laugh. Other people absolutely hated it. Jeremy, you're so annoying. <laughs> so I suppressed who I was to try to appease the people that didn't like it. And what ended up happening is I took that gift away from the people who absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. So if anything, by you stopping the art of being yourself, you're taking that beautiful gift away from yourself and you're taking that beautiful gift away from the people who actually enjoy it. So for example, say I have a birthday party and I invite six people and three people show up and three people don't show up. So if I go ahead and get upset about the three people who don't show up, then I just took away from the three people who did show up. Now I just did the service for the people who showed up to my birthday. Right? Right. You're you're focusing on that negative at that point. Mental filter for sure. And just kind of reframing it. Like someone says something mean about your looks, you know, thank you for sharing. Kind of, kind of like when I'm talking crap about myself. I say, thank you for sharing to my brain. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> thank you for your energy. It, it takes a lot of energy for someone to be mean to you. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for your energy. It's all about framing. Thank you so much. Get in a state of gratitude. Because they noticed you. Thanks for noticing me. <laughs> <All right. laughs> and then there's, a, and I mean, if, if there is a, a point in which if they're being abusive, that's, you know, that's when you're going to tell them and get them in trouble and set that boundary of, hey, you're not going to treat me like that. If you can treat me like that, I'm going to have to tell on you. But most of the time when someone has a judgment about you, it's almost always a judgment they have on themselves or they don't like themselves and they're trying to take it out on you. Yep, just like uh, bullies are, you know, kind of bullied at home usually type of thing. So I'm yeah, sorry, you hate yourself, you know? <laughs> so that's the way it is. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it's just good to keep that in the back of your mind as you're going through that stuff. 
Because I'm sure there's people that hate what me and Jeremy do. Probably people freaking just hate this podcast. Oh, there are people Jeremy absolutely hate this podcast. <laughs> there's definitely people that absolutely are like, oh, these guys don't know what I'm talking about. Who are they? Who do they know? Blah, blah, blah. There's always going to be that, and we accept that. But if we can stop making the podcast because of those people's judgments and their opinions, and we're possibly taking away from people who do enjoy and get something out of it. Same with you being who you are. Exactly. And it actually made me think of something that kind of, unfortunately, kind of frequently happens to me, maybe not about physical appearance, but like uh, uh, I'm in some Facebook groups about anxiety and mental health and stuff. And sometimes I'll post in there. And there is one particular individual who's in several groups as well. That is an extremely, seems to be an extremely negative minded person. And likes to be the first person <laughs> to comment on my post and just like, just straight like hates on it and about what I'm saying is like untrue and just this is really stupid. This doesn't work. Da 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 da. And like the the first the first time that happened to me, I responded back to this guy, and you know, kind of you know not in a mean way or anything, but just kind of explaining and you know realized real quickly that that's not something that was that was gonna work. So I, I found just ignoring that comment, ignoring the the heckle, ignoring that that negative position coming in, because mm-hmm. so many people are getting value out of it. But I was focusing on this one guy's comment, like that was really like aching myself inside. It was focusing focusing on this one guy's comment instead of you know, listening to everybody else is saying, oh, "Okay, thanks for sharing." Da 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 da. And so, yeah, yeah, that just made me think of that. Control Alt Delete. Next. There you go. Thanks for sharing. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was all the questions I had. Cool. Love it. So, I think we're done here. Hopefully, maybe we will have a guest next week. Jeremy, I'll talk to you about that later. Look forward um, to it. In the meantime, go leave us a review, send us questions, give us feedback. Um, we'll see you guys next week. All righty. Peace. Peace.